If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. 12 days. 12 days until the Pittsburgh Steelers run out of the tunnel at the stadium formerly known as Paul Brown Stadium. I'm not up to date on what it's called now. I should should know that. I'm a host of a show here, so I should probably figure that out. It was just changed. They sold out just like everybody's selling out. Damn Cincinnati Bengals. But the Steelers and Bengals, 9-11, just 12 days, a day, 12 days away, a 1 o'clock kickoff. At Paycor Stadium. Paycor Stadium. That's very appropriate for the Cincinnati Bengals to name a, 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 pay, a, a famously cheap team in the NFL to call their stadium Paycor Stadium. I love that. But yeah, man, it's right here. The ball, the snowball is completely rolling downhill at, at avalanche speed. Steelers defeated the Lions on Sunday afternoon at Acroshore Stadium. We'll get into that. Uh, but this podcast is slowly going to turn its attention now towards cuts and uh-huh. what do you do about the Cincinnati Bengals. Before we get to the Lions, Jacob, Yeah, uh, we've kind of talked about this throughout the offseason, but now that it's here, what a bear of a first game you're staring down. I mean, what a just absolute gauntlet that you have to go into, that you have to face Joe Burrow, that offense. You want to see if the Steelers' defense is elite or not? Great test right off the bat. Yeah, you know what, Tom? It's not the biggest shock, though. It's not going to be the biggest test to start a season because in a long time, just because all you have to do is look back one year ago, going into Buffalo, who a lot of people, including yourself, Tom, were picking to be the Super Bowl favorites for that this, year. That year and this year. I'm going to keep riding the bills. So maybe you, you're at a little bit more of an advantage of an advantage than you were last year just because you're far for, far more familiar with the Cincinnati Bengals compared to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, yeah, that, that win came as a huge shock just because, what, in 2020 and 2019 when both the Steelers and the Bills were competitive, the Bills won. And you're opening the season in Buffalo, and somehow you go in with a block punt for a touchdown, and that really is the turn of the game turning point of the game, and you come away with a win, win and you start the season 1-0, I don't know what magic needs to happen in 2022 for the Steelers to come away with a 1-0 record to start the season. But it's possible. But like you said, it's going to be a scary game to start it's the season. It's a tough one to start, especially because uh, I don't want to you know, break any news to Steelers Nation here, especially news of this nature, but um, Cincinnati's kind of been the Steelers' daddy the past couple years. Uh, going back, what four games now? Or they've three won games four, in a row? I believe, in a row now. They are uh, 
No, I think only three because they. You better hope so. But they are running up the score, and last year's that sweep was not pretty in either of those games. And you know what? Maybe you're due this, Steelers Nation, because you've just spent years pounding this team's face into the dirt. Maybe the bill comes due, as Mordo says in Doctor Strange. It always does. But it's a tough one to go up against in the week one, but it's an exciting one to go up against. But first things first, before we speculate about real football, we got to recap some fake football. And there were some things that we saw against the Lions that you like as you head into the Cincinnati game. And I got to be honest with you, the one on the top of the list for me is the quarterback play. You want to talk about something that we talked up all offseason long, and not just us. I'm talking about everybody out there as being one of the biggest problems that the Steelers are facing. I really don't think it's that big of a problem right now, Jacob. I think that the things around the quarterbacks are going to present bigger problems, mainly the offensive line. Mitch, Kenny, I mean, Mitch clearly won the job. There right. was no job to win, honestly, if you look behind the lines or if you read between the lines. But Mitch would have won it if there was a job up for grab. I think he looked the best, the most professional in the preseason. But Kenny looked really good, too. I'm not worried about the quarterbacks. I think they're going to have fine quarterback play. I don't think they're going to have Mahomes-Allen-esque and they're going to be able to keep up with those dogs in the AFC. But I think they're going to be just fine at the most important position in football. It's the spots around the QB that start to worry you. Absolutely. I think the the quarterback is the big ticket item, right? The, the sexy That's the easiest thing news, to talk about, too, right? Like, Clickbait quarterback, kind of quarterback, thing. quarterback. But there are, I don't know if you want to call them issues, but points worth talking about beyond the quarterback. Sure, the quarterback is the most important position in this game, possibly all of sports, but there's a lot more to discuss when it comes to this 2022 roster. Offensive line, mainly. Mainly. And we'll get to that in a second, but sticking with the quarterbacks, one thing that Mitch Trubisky does, I think a little bit better than what we we knew from him. We knew a lot about him in his days in Chicago, but seeing him up close and personal, I'm really impressed with his ability to get out of trouble in the pocket, his mobility. I knew he was a mobile quarterback. I know he was able to rip off, you know, 30, 40 yard runs in his past career in Chicago, uh, and it was effective with his legs, but... I don't think I knew his pot. I didn't know his pocket awareness was this good, at least from what we've seen so far. And his escapability. It's not just, you know, oh crap, the pocket's breaking down. Let me roll out to my right and run for 10 yards. Like he has guys on his jersey that he's shaking off and he's staying, has a strong base. Right. And he's able to shake off would be tacklers. And I didn't, maybe that's something, you know, he really developed last year in Buffalo. I mean, you're. You're playing against them. You're playing with the modern day Ben Roethlisberger there, as far as shaking off would be tacklers with Josh Allen. So maybe you know you learn a little tricks from the trade from them. Mitch is a big dude too. But also he he was able to do so in in Chicago. You saw it. Just not. He was I just started. didn't think it was going to be this effective. And it's well, very encouraging that it is not only effective but necessary as well. Well, yeah, that's a big. That's the biggest part of the equation. He's going to have to run for his life. He's going to have to make plays when plays break down uh, because the line just at least early on. I'm not ruling out that that offensive line isn't going to get better because it's so young. But at sure. least early on, he's going to be in a lot of trouble back there. A lot of trouble, Tom. But as you as you pointed out, it's necessary for him to be able to do that, but he's clearly capable of doing so. Clearly he is, and that's something that you, you haven't seen as an asset for the Steelers in years. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger... Well, you had you had the guy who probably did it better than anybody. But not for I mean, years. You, there, were, there were mobile guys like... Uh, Russell Wilson throughout the years. RG3 had that one year. Now you have Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. But nobody was able to just purely escape the pocket as a as a pocket presence 
passer like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, but you're living in the past, man. No, I'm you're just hung saying, up on some clown from the you're a little, 60s, you're a, man. You're a, you're a that little, was like in 2010 when that was happening. It's no, been he was years. able to do it. He was no. able to do it until yeah, when he was throwing six touchdowns and back to back weeks, he was able to do Before the elbow that. injury, he was still before okay the elbow at it. injury. But you haven't seen that kind of. Well, you yeah, the elbow that injury in came the NFL. in 2019, yeah. Like, even if you have the best line in the world, you need a quarterback that can get away from pressure. And sure, that was but now, sorely. now, you have Mitch Trubisky and a young Kenny Pickett, who we've seen through his performance at Pitt while there, and his, especially his, his fifth year there, and in the preseason. You've seen both of these guys be able to escape the pocket just because of the... The shaky offensive line. Mitch Trubisky was 15 for 19 for 160 yards and a touchdown. 119.3 quarterback rating. He was sacked twice. Kenny Pickett was 10 for 14 for 90 yards and an 88.4 passer rating. Uh, Mason Rudolph played in the uh, late fourth quarter. He was 0 for 3 as far as passing attempts were concerned for Mason. Um, Writing's on the wall, I think. I think once they come out with the official depth chart, I actually have completely flipped to believing that Kenny Pickett will be wearing Number the helmet two. on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals, and he'll be the backup to Mitch Trubisky. Mason Rudolph will remain on the roster. They will not trade him, but he will be the guy with the uh, Microsoft Surface tablet and the earpiece in with his sweatpants and sweatshirt on game day. I, I, I think Kenny Pickett really impressed more than the Steelers coaching brass was expecting, more than the media was expecting, and the whole... You know, notion of starting Mason as that number two spot for the first couple games of the year was, well, when Mitch gets hurt, Mason gives you the best chance to win the game. And I don't think Mason did anything wrong to prove that that's a wrong notion, but I think Kenny proved that if Mitch gets hurt, I can come in in the third quarter against Cincinnati and give us a good chance Oof. to win the game. I'd be nervous if the Steelers... You still want to start Mason at that number no, two no, no, spot? No, I'm just saying I'd be nervous if the Steelers have to start more than one quarterback in that first game. It's I, I'll tell you this... It's a lot higher odds that it might happen than you think with that offensive line and that defensive front from Cincinnati. It's definitely a chance. Mitch's mobility might be the saving grace there, and he, he might be able to skirt his way out of most trouble and stay healthy. But do you do agree with me? Kenny Pickett has outplayed Mason yes. to that number two spot. Well, it's become evident, too, because of the lineup in the third preseason game, right? For the first time. Yes, you got but devil's advocate. We know what Mason can do. Let's just see Kenny get as many reps as possible. So because of that, Tom, I'll ask. With everyone having issues with Tomlin leaving certain guys in for a little bit longer than they should have yep, been, we'll such get to as Najee Harris and TJ Watt, did you have an issue with the fact that Mitch Trubisky played the entire first half? Because if you're going to say, well, we know what Mason Rudolph can do for us, haven't you kind of already learned what Mitch can do for you? Wouldn't you have liked to see Kenny be out there with the starters at some point in the first half? I wouldn't have hated to see Kenny out there with the starters, but it is so clear that this was the absolute dress rehearsal game, and I like what Tomlin said, you know, wanted to see what Mitch could do in that two-minute drill. The only surprising part, I think, was maybe Mitch starting the second half. I think that was a little bit of a whoa, kind of. Or no, Mitch did not start Mitch the second not, half. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. Blurs together from radio calls. But I think that Mitch getting that two-minute opportunity was the biggest thing that we've seen from him in this preseason sure. that made you feel confident you've got a number one quarterback. Because you saw Kenny Pickett do the two-minute drill uh, in week in week two. 
Seahawk game you and against see, Jacksonville. You've seen both for Kenny Pickett. Right. And so he never you, had the opportunity. Mitch was just never in the game long enough. And Mason got to have a game winning touchdown pass. Right. So they all Kenny and Mitch both or Kenny and Mason both had a game winning touchdown path pass. Kenny also had a two minute drill in week one. Mitch was just always the starter, so never really had that opportunity to be in a game and in a scenario when the game was was clock determinant. So here you are the first time. I so I kind of get it too, but still you would have I think liked to have seen Kenny been able to what what he could have done with the starters. Nah, see I don't care. Okay. I, I really don't because Mitch is the guy and I wanted to see him get that kind of traction going with his starters on offense. You you know, with the whole oh you played guys too long thing, you had to play these guys especially on offense. They needed snaps together. A, a full half of football with the starters or at least the healthy starters on the field, pretending like this is a game that counts in the win-loss column. You needed that, you know. You didn't need that for a while with the Steelers. You know, when the Killer Bees were up and running at the the full Death Star status, they didn't need those, you know, full halves of football under their belt. They've been doing it for years and years together. This is such a brand-new offense, from the offensive line to some of the weapons that you have in the receiving game to the quarterback position. So I think leaving them in there as long as, Tomlin did, especially on the offensive side of the ball, was was pretty appropriate for this game, and I think it paid off, and it instilled a lot of confidence in me. Like I really do, th- I'm I'm a huge Pitt fan. I love Kenny Pickett. I'm excited to see Mitch. I really am, am I, excited yeah. to see what this guy does week one against Cincinnati when the live bullets start to fly. Because I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, Steelers Nation. I think you're going to have a pretty decent quarterback that's going to give you a chance to win most games if he stays Mitch healthy and the line blocks decently. There's Mitch always Trubisky, that caveat there. Sure. When you line up Mitch, Kenny, and Mason coming out of college, Mason is a third-round pick, Kenny and Mitch both first rounds, maybe you want to say, well, there's a silver lining or there's an asterisk next to Mitch because, yeah, he was the second overall pick, and a lot of people said this, that Chicago kind of reached on him, but he was still regarded in that top 10, right? There, there were still teams who were looking at him, had the Chicago Bears not moved up in the draft to get him, I'm sure there were teams that would have liked to have maybe nabbed him in the top 10, maybe top 15. Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback taken in his draft class at number 20. These two guys are both worth, both worth a first-round pick. Mitch Trubisky, we all know, did not get a fair deal when he was in Chicago to start his career. He had a really great year when they went 12-4. and They won their division. They had an unfortunate playoff performance, playoff incident, really, if you want to call it, just from the double doink. And Chicago being Chicago, not the best well-managed, not the most uh, successfully managed team in the NFL, decided to putt on Mitch. Don't don't sugarcoat it. It's a bad franchise. It's a bad franchise. Decided to putt on Mitch after only a handful of years and transitioned to Justin Fields, dumped him off to Buffalo where he had one year to play under Josh Allen. Which is huge, I think. I think that helped a lot. Really, When do. you get to play alongside the best quarterback in the NFL at the moment. And that's a real franchise now. Right. Like, that's right. a legit staple of the NFL. You go to Buffalo, you're going to be successful. Franchise. That is a franchise where they have learned to build from the ground up, whether it's through the front office, through the coaching staff, and through the roster. All three have really turned a big corner uh, compared to the last 20 years that we're used to, maybe even 25 years, dating all the way back to the Super Bowl years in the early 90s. But yeah, Buffalo is, I would say, a great pit stop 
for successful players if they're looking to make an impact on another team and they're they're just, they're just fighting their way right to find a roster spot. At Buffalo, they can learn a lot there, make a move to another team, really make an impact, and I think that's what Mitch Trubisky could do here. I do too. Uh, and we had Chris Adamski on the Mark Madden show. Uh, he of the Trib yesterday, and he brought up a really good point about Mitch. You know, yeah, he didn't. You know check all the boxes in his time in Chicago and he never really fulfilled that number two overall pick prophecy. But the one thing that you get when you get a guy drafted number two overall just a few years ago is raw tools. You sure. can see the arm is there. That yeah. is the arm of well, a number two Well, how about that pass to Deontay pick. Johnson? Right? That, that's pass, not just a deep pass. That's that a, is a sideline accurate. Only the ball could be in one place for that catch to be made. double coverage, too, which, right. is, which right. is huge. He beat the double coverage, which is big for an NFL quarterback. You you need to be able to do that. The Fryermuth pass over the middle, too. He yes. threw Fryermuth open. It was over 25 yards in the air down the field. Also, it was, it's, it's a great catch by Fryermuth, yeah, too. But that's not, what you, it's yeah, but it's got to be both ends of that. you got to right. put him in a spot where only he can catch it. Mitch did that, and it has zip on it. So, like, you see when you watch Mitch play why the scouting department in Chicago said this guy's worthy of a number two pick. Sure. All of that toolbox is still there. So that's why you got to get excited for him. If if he can just find himself in now what is his second stable organization, the most stable organization in the NFL now, you know, they're going to give him the tools to succeed organizationally. We'll see if his tools come to fruition more than they ever did in Chicago. But they're, they're still there. Like, you see that arm is still NFL caliber, is still – number two overall worthy. And for Kenny, that matter, too. You see more NFL arm. The pass he had, uh, the the back shoulder pass that he had when he came into the game deep down the field. I mean, you're seeing NFL caliber throws from both of these guys. Absolutely. And, and kind of a nice little full circle here to the start of the show. Sure. That's why, you know, I don't feel that big of a problem with the quarterback position right now. Like, I don't have much worry about that. Yeah, that's I mean, the total, way, total difference from where we were in April. You think about how we started the conversation saying the quarterback is not the issue here, but it's the hot ticket item. It is the clickbait worthy article that ev- it's going to get everyone's attention just because for the first time in what nearly 20 years, you have a quarterback. You can't call it a controversy, Tom, but you have a quarterback carousel of guys available to you. And the two guys and the, and the, who you expect to be QB1 and QB2, you're excited to see both of them in whatever capacity you can this year. Yeah, no question. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. One topic of heavy conversation following the Lions game was something you brought up briefly, and that was Tomlin's decision to play a lot of the starters deep into the ballgame, both on offense and defense. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys to subscribe to the Mike Tomlin Game Day podcast. That's right. Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every game day. It's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. You want some informative information from Mike Tomlin? Listen to that podcast with Bob Labriola. He really spills more with labs, I think, than he does all week long uh, leading up to games. So a lot of information there uh, to glean from Mike Tomlin. And I'm sure before the Cincinnati game, the topic of playing your starters a lot in the preseason game might come up on that very podcast. 
And I think Tomlin will just say, you know, we needed continuity. You know, we needed to get guys reps together. We need... We're a very young, new ball team when you think about it. Yeah, there's some familiar faces on the defensive side of the ball, but just as many familiar faces as there are on the defensive side of the ball, there are unfamiliar faces. So guys just needed reps together. They needed to give this thing a full-on dress rehearsal kind of feel, and I really don't hate him for that. I'm not going to push him back on that at all. Obviously, it's easy to take the other side when Deontay got banged up and TJ Watt got banged up, and we're kind of waiting with bated breath to see how long the prognosis will be for those two guys. Yeah. But you know what? Whatever. You got to play these guys. I get what he's saying. If you want to, you know, you know, split hairs with him and be like, well, TJ should have been out after the first series. Maybe I get that a little bit because he is so valuable. But it was a really cruddy play from Hawkinson that got TJ Watt hurt. I mean, especially in the preseason. If you want to throw a chop block in the regular season, by That's all means. Fair. It's a real game and it's a legal move in the NFL. So I can't, you know, have the boo-boo face too much when it's not a penalty. But come on, dude. You're TJ Hawkinson, and he's TJ Watt. You guys you know ain't in any threat of missing rosters. In fact, you both might be the best guy on each of your rosters. No need for that, man. Just you know, a little nice little patty cake block or let TJ run you over or something like that. Yeah, it didn't really make sense to me either, but that's the cost of playing your starters in the preseason game, Tom. I, you could say, come on, TJ Hawkinson. Your roster spot, your roster spot is not in jeopardy at all here. But this guy's so an NFL player, right? You see TJ Watt, that first that first series for the offensive series for the Detroit Lions. Where did you see TJ Watt? Behind the line of scrimmage with that run stuff for a two yard loss. When you saw oh, it, TJ, he looks so good on that play, chasing from behind. Right, too. chasing so from behind. Speed. He was behind the guy. I know. How about in Jacksonville? Tackles are in trouble. How about in Jacksonville? The, again, the first offensive series for Jacksonville. Sacked by TJ Watt. I mean, like you can't I understand that. T.J. Hawkinson maybe should have been a little more game aware and say, hey, who are you to take out one of the best players in the NFL in the preseason game? But you can't, it's it's hard to say to these guys, don't play. Like, don't play to your full efforts. Yeah, and plus, in his, like uh, to your point there, when he sees number 90 heading on to him and it's his guy now and he has to f- fill this assignment and make that block, I mean, what's the easiest way to do that in your mind, right? Like, if you're TJ Hawkinson, you're just going to chop block. Yeah. Like, uh, screw this. I'm not taking this guy head on. I'm just going to get daddied if I do that. I'm just going to chop block this guy. And it's a legal move. Like I said, I can't I can't get too mad about it because it's a part of the game. You just you hate to see that kind of block in a preseason game against, against two established player. guys like that. Well, especially when the one guy who's on the receiving end of it is – Consider what the second best defensive player in the league won Depoy last year. Right, exactly, and by I, far the most valuable player on your team, offense or defense. And honestly, you know what? Looking at it from the other side, TJ Watt had injury problems last year. Sure. Now he has injury problems again this start this year, and we don't know the degree of seriousness. Tomlin did, you know, kind of tongue in cheek say at the end of the game, if it was a regular season game, you might have been able to expect TJ or and Deontay to be back out there. So that gives you a lot of hope. Uh, one other point that I heard someone bring up the other day was, you know, if this was a serious injury to TJ Watt, don't you think Schefter, Rappaport, one of those guys would have, would have been all, already been, all been on it? Because that's Depoy, you know what I mean? Like they, that's like a Tom Brady level injury. Right. That's earth shattering news if TJ Watt's going to be out for a lengthy time. So you got to feel kind of good about that. And for that matter, Deontay too, you know, that's a Pro Bowl caliber sure. player who Absolutely. is borderline all pro. And I think will definitely garner that kind of attention. So I think. We're okay with those two. Hopefully they're ready to go against Cincinnati. Either one being out is a huge blow against the Bengals, though. 
Deontay probably more weatherable than TJ. If TJ is out against the Bengals, Hamilcar Rashad's going to start at outside linebacker next I think to that's your li- well, Alex Highsmith if he's even healthy enough to play. You in know what I mean? Twenty-four hours, like, we'll know for sure right, who will right. be. But but you know what I mean? Like that's super scary of a prospect, even if it is just for one game and it is that first game. You can survive a game or two without Deontay. It's not ideal, but I think it's doable. TJ Watt is out. It's very, very thin. We saw the difference spot. last year, Todd. Yeah. Those, those what are they, cops, what are they like seven and three. With right? them I think he then... missed two full games and then he missed like a couple of halves. And that combined like four games that he missed. The, the, the records when he was on the field for majority of the time versus less than half the time, if not out for the full game, it was two different teams. So you absolutely week one, you absolutely cannot go out there without TJ Watt and expect to win. Can't do that, I don't think, any week, honestly. Probably the most important player on this team right now, especially with their identity that they want to have yeah. defense first. Um, but again, I don't blame Tomlin at all. Deontay needed to play. He needed to play snaps with the offense with, with uh, Mitch Trubisky. He needed to develop that rapport. And I'm honestly just thankful that we got to see that deep ball connection, although that's the play that Deontay got banged up on. Really good to see that kind of a, a, a play between those two guys because hadn't seen that much last year. Although when Ben did go deep, more times than not, it was to Deontay Johnson. But I just you need to see it more because I think that's an aspect of Deontay's game that is still you know in a bit of hibernation. Is that burner just one on one? Right. I can beat my DB straight up, and if that safety is too late coming over for help, it's it's game over. It's an easy fifty yard completion. I really think he has that in his bag. Not not just speed wise, the shake off the line. He's such a good route runner, and he's so quick, and he can change direction so fast. Uh, I can see him really getting into single coverage. You know, check with me audibles. Sure. Just go deep down the field this year. Now that you got Mitch willing to push it more. I mean, that's it's not just willing; it's that he's capable. True, right? And he's yeah. not afraid to sit in the pocket or roll out and make a new pocket while you know he waits. The four or five seconds for Deontay to get deep. We're not trying to just bash Ben Roethlisberger here. Yeah, these are but just facts, you know. It just it's just is... that's that's the toll that happens when you you pl- choose to play the game until you're 39 you years old. You say tool. Should we pay the toll every time we do this talk and say, "Hey, Ben Roethlisberger, first ballot Hall of Famer." Okay, now we can talk about him in a little bit of a disparity. I mean, not way. everybody can be Tom Brady. Not everybody can be Aaron Rodgers when. You're winning the league MVP at age what? Yeah, right. Thirty-seven, I believe. Aaron Rodgers, thirty-eight, something like that. Yeah, they're doing a disservice to guys like Logan Payton, to guys like Philip Rivers, those Drew guys. Brees. Yeah. Right, those guys. I mean, they did as, the traditional die-out way, where you just kind of fall off that cliff. As great as they were throughout the first what 15, 16 years of their career, those last couple, it's not easy to do. So, to have a younger quarterback who is now physically capable of pushing the ball down the field. It's it's there's a lot of things that this offense needs as a jump start to rebound from last year, but a young quarterback is certainly one of the things at the very top of that list. One final thing I want to touch on though with the uh, playing guys a little too long, Najee Harris maybe let slip a little bit of uh, insider secrets after. How do you the feel game. about that? I think that's a young player that still needs to you know learn that you know, and I think he's great with the media and he loves to do a lot of media work. But there's some things you got to keep away from the media, and I think that's a learning experience for him. Um, I think Tom would probably let him know, not in a bad way, but just like, hey, maybe don't say the word Liz Frank around the media whenever you're my starting running back, because guess what? Especially since there's another guy on the team who is also dealing with the well, same injury. Well, not just injury. that, I would say, because guess what? It's not that you said that to 8 million people, what you did, and all the people watching at home and all the reporters. You told the Cincinnati Bengals that, too. 
you know, you told all of our opponents that too. There's some kind of some things we can try to keep hush hush. You know, we told the league you were injured, so we're not going to get fined that way. We didn't just tell him how the injury could have been pretty serious. Uh, he or looked, could be worse. He played the first half of the game. Right. He looked really good. Uh, knowing what we know now about the degree of the injury he suffered early in camp, I probably would have just kept him to one series, get hit, and then you're out of there, or not even play him at all. I would have been fine with that first series where I think he had one. Played the whole half. It wasn't that he had a really great run, but he showed his break tackling ability and his burst in one play alone that maybe resulted in like a seven-yard gain. And you said, that's what Najee Harris is. That's all I need to see. That was the only guy I really saw out there later in the game, like into the second quarter. And you're I saw like, 22 why? catch a pass, and I said to myself, what is he doing in the game still? That was the, really the only one that I had a problem with. Um, but again, and that was even before we knew about the injury because he didn't glean that information until he came out of the game. You know what I mean? So we didn't even know how bad his injury was, but I don't know. It's... It's such a tough place to be in because you need that guy to be balls to the wall, best he can possibly be to have any success. But I'm also so tempted to wrap him in bubble wrap because he's such a shiny toy and I just don't want to see him get injured. No, I'm fine with the bubble wrap. Well, ain't no more bubble wrap anymore, right, Bubba. Right. That thing is right. completely off. You got to go full speed and you are going to get 20 plus carries a game now, Najee, yep. as long as you're healthy. Um, and I think he can take that workload. Oh, one last thing I wanted to bring up. Sure. Speaking of preseason debuts. How good is Cam Hayward? Is that dude going to be another a dark horse batted, defensive player of the year candidate? Another this year? pass batted down at the line of two. Scourge. There he were two, two, right, right. He has developed that part of his game so incredibly so well over tuned, the past couple right. of years. Matt Williamson, I'm going to steal this from you, Williamson. Sure. So if you're listening, sorry, but I'm giving you full credit. He has a tinfoil hat theory that TJ linked Cam up with his brother JJ. And maybe had a little bit of a tricks of the trade pass between the two. Oh, really? Because TJ, or JJ's because JJ the master of the swat. Yeah. I mean, that was what his bread and butter was. Oh, I can't get to the quarterback? That's fine. I'll camp out right here and swat this thing down. Cam has taken off in that department. And it is such a nice little, you know, plan B if the pass rush fails. Sure. To have that, you know, I'd say it's probably like a 3 or 4% chance. But that's still a pretty good chance that one of your big old linemen jumps up there and swats that ball out of the air. And it's not just Cam doing it. You're seeing that trickle down. Like you well, saw I was just going to say, Marvin Leal had a nice I was swat, just going like, to say, you know, you're, you're talking about the conversations between JJ and Cam. You're seeing it. That's total tinfoil. Sure. But you're definitely seeing Cam instill, like, some of that game IQ onto the other guys on the defensive line. And there was that, you know, a couple years ago, Tomlin passed that down. We need to get hands up more. Hands up, active right. hands. So that is definitely coaching on Tomlin's side of the, the fence as well. That'll do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. A ton more to get into. Obviously, you know, we haven't talked about cuts. By the time you're listening to this, cuts will probably have happened because we're recording this on a Tuesday. Full transparency. There's a couple that are trickling in as we're doing this, so we'll talk about those as they come. We'll do some speculation, but you'll get a full breakdown of the 53-man roster from us tomorrow when we record a fresh episode so peeling the curtain back just to let you guys know if you're listening to this looking at the cuts on twitter later this afternoon and saying what the heck why are they talking about it can't read into the future but we will discuss some of those guys that have been let go thus far for the Steelers and talk about some more we could see potentially be on the chopping block and then you can make fun of us if we're right or we're wrong He's full J transparency. Full here. transparency. He's Jacob Recht. I am Tom Opperman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. And this has been the Steelers Standard. 
If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join S&T Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. S&T Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.